Next on BYU Sports Nation, quarterback separation. Which of the big three are now maybe the big two in the quarterback race? Is it an advantage to not name a starter before game one, plus my not-so-secret weapon on the Cougar football team this season? And a new 10-10. and 10. And meet the host of a new BYU Sports Nation social media segment, Kiki Solano on BYU Sports Nation right now. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, August 8th. I am Jerem Jordan. Today is a loaded show. John Beck will join us. QB separation is happening. And, of course, ESPN, the Ocho, is back, uh, according to ESPN or something. Uh, and we have a ton to discuss. Quarterback separation. Are the three down to two? We will find out. So let's get to it. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday on Salt Lake City Radio Station 1280 The Zone, Aaron Roderick with some interesting comments regarding the big three that may now be the big two. Listen to this. Tanner and Zach both had a good day today, and... They, those those two guys took the majority of the reps uh, with the ones and, and uh, then Joe and Jaron got in there as well and are battling just a little bit behind those guys, but both did a lot of good things as well. So it's been a good day. Well, well, well. The big three maybe have become the big two. Are you kidding me? We thought that Joe Critchlow might even be the starter. And he may, well, still be the starter, but Ed Lamb's comments two weeks ago seem somewhat dated now that fall camp has happened, and Aaron Roderick reveals that Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson, the freshman, we talked about him earlier in the week making an impact, he's taking reps with the one with Tanner Mangum. No, no clear number one quite yet. But Zach Wilson and Tanner Mangum look to be the number ones as of yesterday, and then Joe Critchlow with Jaron Hall. How about that? How about that? We will talk to John Beck coming up about do you go with a senior over a freshman or do you throw a freshman out there? I know we talked about it uh, earlier this week. Do you throw a freshman out there? Do you build for the future? Or do you go with Tanner Mangum, the guy that's been there? I, I'm a little surprised that Joe Critchlow is, has not kept up in the top three there. I thought that he took the momentum of the last three games last year into this fall camp, into spring, looked to be the guy. Ed Lamb really liked him, even, even said – Two weeks ago, he thought he might be one of the all-time greats at BYU. He's not even one of the all-time greats of all camp right now, frankly. Um, he's got some work to do. Still a lot of talent there. Like him at number three, if that's the case. But how about that? Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson splitting number one reps yesterday. Got a, about 90% of the reps, apparently. And then you have Joe Critchlow with Jaron Hall. More on this coming up, as mentioned, with John Beck, who spent time with Zach Wilson over the summer. We'll ask him if all things are equal. Do you go with experience or you do, do you go with the youth? That's all coming up. Aaron Roderick additionally said it's possible that BYU will not announce a starting quarterback until we see that guy on series number one at Arizona. So what advantage could that possibly present for BYU? Here's Aaron Roderick again to 1280 The Zone. Well, publicly, we might not name one at all until, until we take the field. But it, within, our, within our building, I would like to have it done by two weeks at the latest. So, um, you know, and it's already, it's already 
there's starting to be some separation already. I'm not ready to make any announcements or anything, but through four practices, we're starting to see some trends, and um, I just want to see if that uh, if those trends continue, then then we'll divvy up the reps accordingly. Well, it sounds like they already did yesterday, right? Not ready to name a number one, but he's named two number ones, if you will. Uh, granted, it is practice number six today. It is early day two of full pads. Aaron Roderick says he wants to name a starter up to you know two weeks or whatever, but that's internally. I don't think that that's going to hold water. Uh, I think it's going to spill out. I think someone's going to put something on Snapchat and something shows up somewhere and we know. We knew that Bo Hodge was a running back because it was a rumor out there. We didn't know for sure, but I think we're going to hear no matter what, even if BYU doesn't announce that starter before September 1st. And even then, it doesn't sound like they might announce one at all. We'll just see who trots out onto the field. As of now, that looks like it's going to be Tanner Mangum or Zach Wilson. That can quickly change. We'll see what the other guys and guy and Joe Critchlow maybe throws into the mix. But is there an advantage to that? I don't think so. I think that fans and and opposing players and coaches, they know that Tanner Mangum was the majority starter, uh, you know, two of the last three years. They know. They know him from the 21 games he started. Joe Critchlow started three games, so there's film on him. The wild card in all of this is number 11, the freshman Zach Wilson. If you want to watch Corner Canyon High School footage, sure. That's not Jeff Grimes' offense. Oh, by the way, what is Jeff Grimes' offense? People do not know. So there is that for BYU football right now. People don't know what the offense is, not even yours truly uh, and Spencer Linden and everybody. What, who's the starter? We don't know. I, I think maybe a little bit of an advantage there for BYU football, but it's not big enough to the point where BYU is going to come out and score 21 in the first quarter. And, oh, see, it worked. A couple of years ago, uh, the, the Texas spring game was on the Longhorn Network, and Bronco Mendenhall said, oh, we knew what they were going to do because we watched their spring game. BYU lost that game 17-16. to 16. So how much did it actually help if you lost the game? You know, uh, If BYU can win the game because they hid the quarterback the whole time from everybody? Okay, if you feel like that, go for it. I don't think there's that big of an advantage, but you got to do what you got to do. Tons of conversation about the quarterback, of course. It's QBU. It's BYU, right? Young, McMahon, Nielsen, Detmer, Sark, all these guys. What we aren't talking about enough is the running back. So what does the top three running back depth chart look right now? I'm, I'm going with a hot take in this one. I'm saying the top running back right now BYU is Bo Hodge. Aaron Roderick said in that interview as well that if Bo Hodge is healthy, you'll see him all over the field. To me, Bo Hodge at the moment looks to be the best running back BYU has. And they have real good quality right there in Zach Katoa and Squally Canada. Then I think there's a gap, and then there's Riley Burt and so on. Still waiting for K.J. Hall to be healthy. Still waiting to see what Kavika Fonua could do at some point based on that kind of gruesome Gordon Hayward-like ankle injury. But Bo Hodge looks really good. This perhaps is an overreaction. Six practices in. But Bo Hodge could be one of the best receivers BYU has. And running backs. He already was a probably top three quarterback. So now you get the ball in his hands all over the field. Bo Hodge might be the best running back BYU has. It's pretty gnarly to see number seven in the same backfield as the other quarterbacks he was with. But Bo Hodge looks fantastic. He's always physically been kind of the alpha male in that room. But Bo Hodge is emerging as a guy that could really be a weapon. Now, the key is his health. 
He sustained multiple concussions last season. Obviously a history in the family with Merrill. And I know that's a narrative that's going to come out a bunch. And I was the one to ask Bo Hodge about that fact. But it's got to be asked. You know, you, you want Bo Hodge to stay healthy. But if he's healthy, get the ball in this man's hands. I am excited about the prospect of Bo Hodge and wherever BYU wants to put him. With Zach Katoa, Squally Canada, and company. Let's hear another soundbite on this very fact from Aaron Roderick. If Bo stays healthy, you're going to see him all over the field at a variety of positions. It's just about his ability to stay healthy, but he can he runs routes as well as any receiver on our team. Does he have good hands? Very good hands. Obviously, we know he can throw. Uh, he's a smart guy. He knows the whole offense like a quarterback, so he can line up at any position on the field and knows what to do. And uh, it's really fun to coach guys like that. I, I just I can't wait. I just hope if he can stay healthy, we're going to find a lot of fun ways to use him. I don't think it's an over-evaluation to say that Bo Hodge could be the best offensive player that BYU has. Based on what we're seeing early in fall camp, based on what you just heard from the passing game coordinator and quarterback coach Aaron Roderick, he was in the competition for starting QB. They took him out uh, because perhaps his best use of his skills is everywhere else. Everywhere else. Running back. Receiver in the slot. He's got great hands. Can he block is the question. He's got to be able to block. Does he ever get a jet sweep? The fact that Bo Hodge could be the number one running back and one of the best wide receivers is pretty interesting to me. On May 26th, the Cougars opened up as a 15-point dog at Arizona, according to the Westgate Superbook. Monday, that number was down to 11 and a half. What changed? I don't know what changed. I think regardless, this is going to be a two-score affair in that line. But from 15 to 11 and a half, what's changed other than uh, fall camp has begun? I have no idea. I think maybe some people were betting BYU to cover that, and perhaps that's how that's changed. But during the summer, we made a really big deal about the fact that BYU was like a 14-point dock, as high as 15. I saw 17 at one point. I expect BYU to do some work and be okay in that one. Our question of the day. Does not revealing a starting quarterback until September 1st give BYU an advantage? Why or why not? It's time to hear from you in the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At DU Sports Desk, this is the Daily Universe. It does not. There's a completely new offense. It does not matter if the QB is a secret because the entire offense is not well known to anybody. The teams will be more focused on how to handle the new offense rather than who is going to be taking the snaps. I think those both matter, though. I don't think it's just the offense or just the quarterback. I think both weigh in. Continue to weigh in. Use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. More of your responses coming up later in the show. Coming up, what's in a name? A new 10 and 10 with names. The weirdest, greatest names we've got. Plus, John Beck on his time with Zach Wilson. And look who's here. Spencer Linton is in the house. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is photo day for fall camp. We'll go to Facebook Live with interviews after practice and a recap. And photo day as soon as 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook.com slash BYU Sports. 3 p.m. Eastern time on Facebook.com slash BYU Sports. And you're back. You're here. What's yeah, up, Spence? Yeah, w- welcome to me. <laughs> and welcome to all of you back to studio. Good to have you here. It's great to be here. 
The solo act was very nicely done, Jaron. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's only the second time that I've kind of soloed that before. The other was uh, Bronco Mendenhall announcing he was going to Virginia. And you were getting down here from uh, northern Utah County. And so it's like, well, you'll get here when you get here. Yeah. Well, you had to, you had to go for like 40 minutes that time. So It was 45, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who, who's counting, right? Who's counting? BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation always open on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever and wherever you want to converse with us. And remember, don't text and drive and don't speed. Safe driving is the way to go. You're not saying you did this. Our question of the day. Does not revealing a starting quarterback until September 1st give BYU an advantage? Why or why not? At Jaycar Kemp. Sounds like it will come down to Mangum or Wilson. And I think they are similar enough in style. The advantage will be minimal at best. Arizona will prepare for Tanner because that's who they have film on. No matter who the starter is, winning will depend on execution. What's more important, and maybe we need to discuss this at some point, the offense BYU's running or the guy running the offense, meaning the quarterback? Yes. It's both, right? Like, Absolutely. I, I think the offense is more important than the quarterback. I think you can have like a good player and a good offense and be really, really good. You can have a great player in an okay offense, and it might be meh, right? You, you, there's a lot that goes on. Football is the ultimate team sport. It requires all those guys. It requires the line. It requires the receivers, the running backs, the tight ends. That's why it's so fun to watch because it's a team. Like basketball, you could have one guy be better than the other nine guys on the floor and, and it can make a still difference. win the game. It can make a difference. It's not yes. the case with the quarterback, right? It's not the case. Yeah, I, I look at uh, Case Keenum playing for the Minnesota Vikings last year. Who knew that they could make an incredible run? You know, Great offense, great coaches. They need the Saints to blow it. but He's not playing for the Vikings anymore. Yeah. So how much Thanks does for the that. system – and coaching factor into that and, and what they run on the field. When you can combine those, certainly it's awesome, right? Like the Patriots aren't the Patriots without Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick, but also Tom Brady. Yeah. You needed both. Matt Castle was amazing in New England. He left New England. Not yeah. the case. But he wouldn't have been awesome for 15 years. He was awesome for one year. Yeah, it, it's interesting, the whole debate of do you need a good player, need a good system. You need both if you want something special to happen. Sure. For sure. All right. More from our question of the day coming up in a little bit. Hashtag BYUSN. Reminder, you can join us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, We got really excited when we got within one month of a game, right? Mm -hmm. Just soak this in, okay? On Saturday, it'll be three weeks, which means today is... Countdown to the Wildcats! 24 days! We're getting there, man. Are you feeling the burden of uh, the producership? No, the excitement. Okay, okay. So Absolutely. It's more excitement right now. Yes. I'm stoked. Okay, yesterday I brought it up. Aaron Roderick tw- told 1280 The Zone that the majority of the number one reps went to Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson. What's your reaction to this, that Joe Crislow is not in that, that the three perhaps have become two? I'm surprised because I put a lot of stock into what multiple coaches have said, whether to me or, in Ed Lamb's case, on public record that Joe Critchlow is a high-level quarterback and that he could potentially be the starter. He said more than that. He said he could be one of the all-time greats. So when he says that... He still could. Right, right. We're not... But that's quite the statement. I'm like, whoa, what? But if Ed Lamb, the assistant head coach, says he could be one of the greats, how can we not think 
okay, Joe is definitely in the running to be the starter for oh, BYU in 2018. It, was, it wasn't that he's in the running. It's that, oh, is he he's, the Is guy he right the now? guy? And now we're being told that he is number three, probably? I'm shocked. I'm really surprised. But the offensive coaches make those decisions for a reason because they're on the offensive side of the ball. I am also surprised, um, but I'm most surprised that Zach Wilson has put himself into the top two. It's not that good for him for making it hard on the coaches. Yes. yes. Also, apparently Tanner Mangum is looking really good in practice. Here's the thing that I worry about. And that's a great thing. Here's the thing that I worry about most of all. If you go with Zach Wilson and you put your eggs in the basket of a freshman and it doesn't go, and it doesn't go well. Then where do you go from there? That's tough. You, I think you start with Tanner Mangum. It makes sense. You go with Tanner. And if it doesn't work, now you go to Zach. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline to weigh in on that conversation and much more is former BYU great John Beck, quarterback, y'all. John, welcome back to the show. What's up, John? Hey, what's going on, guys? First and foremost, John, what's a fall camp like when there isn't a clear number one quarterback, and how does that affect the team? There's a lot of change in continuity. Um, you know, I've been a part of those in college. I've been a part of those in the NFL. And, you know, you're showing up basically the day of practice, finding out which group you're going to run with, how many reps you're going to get. Um, there's just a lot of bouncing around. So, and really the continuity that you're trying to establish with a unit, it's not there because every day things are changing. And that's one of the disadvantages to having a competition. The advantage would be, you got to show up and play your best every day, no matter what situation you're in. And the quarterback position requires you to play well in difficult situations. But from a continuity standpoint, it makes it difficult. I think that's why any coach you talk to says, I want to have a competition, but I want this competition to be done with so we can move forward with the guy we're going to go with. How much can you learn in practice how good a quarterback is versus, say, what you're going to see in the games later, John? I mean, I think you can get a pretty good feel. I think one of the hardest things in a quarterback competition is who gets what plays. A lot of the times you script plays in practice or you change kind of on the fly or maybe the script has a basic out cut on both sides and the corners have been sitting all practice and then all of a sudden the quarters, the cor- excuse me, the offensive coordinator says, you know what, let's tag a double move here. And whoever happens to be the quarterback for that rep gets an opportunity to hit the big play. And, you know, that out and up could have worked no matter who the quarterback was, but it just happens to fall into that guy's lap. So the hard part is is judging who got the opportunities to make big plays today, who didn't. You can't always look at it as who made the big play or who made the critical play in the red zone because the other quarterbacks may not have even got an opportunity to make that play. So practice does give you a, a good idea. you got to look at who's taking advantage when the opportunity is there. You can't compare just across the board of, well, who won today? You have to look at what did they get and what did they do with what they got. That will show you what they'll do on game day. John Beck with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're discussing the current BYU quarterback battle. Let's say that all things are equal, that Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson are on the exact same plane and they have both impressed the coaches and they're not really sure who's better. It's tough to determine. Should BYU go with a senior who has 26 games of experience, 21 starts, or a true freshman who has been lights out in camp? Well, I like both the guys. I like Tanner a lot. 
I think if you put Tanner in, Tanner will do a really good job. I think I really like Zach, you know, uh, shows a lot of potential. If I'm the coach, based off of everything that I've been around, I'll tell you what I would do and also what I've seen coaches do. I would go with a guy that has experience. One, because I can effectively communicate with him in game situations where maybe adjustments are needed to be made, and he's been in that position before. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk into a game with a game plan. I'm going to feel like the guy that has more experience is going to give me a better opportunity to execute that game plan most likely. But then it comes down to in-game adjustments. And I'm not saying that a young player is not going to be capable, but those 26 games that he's played in give him an opportunity, an edge, to make in-game adjustments because it's likely that he's done it before. He's felt the bullets. He's felt the pressure. He's felt what it's like to have to make a, a change on the fly, to have to adjust to things. He has a bank of experience and knowledge that we can draw upon when we need to make changes. Now, going to coaches that I've seen, I've been in situations in the NFL where I've sat in the office and the coach says, here's the quarterback competition. I'm calling it a tie. But because of experience, it's going to this guy because of all the things I just listed. And maybe that's why I said what I said if I was the coach, because that's what I've been around. That's what I've seen. And I've even been on the end of the guy that doesn't have the experience who walks out of the room frustrated because he feels completely capable of doing the job. But from experience, that coach is picking a guy because of the things that experience brings with it. And Zach Wilson might be that guy that uh, yields to Tanner. We'll see. Uh, Zach brought up some of the experience and training he had with you, training with you once a month, I think, over the summer. What was your experience like with Zach Wilson, what, and what do you think of him? It's been great. Zach's an extremely talented athlete. Uh, he's a talented thrower. I think he's got a great potential. Um, for a young guy coming in what would be a senior in high school when he came out to me the first time, I, I was really impressed. I was impressed with who he was before he even uh, came to us, just the way that he could throw the ball. And He's a, a really diligent worker. He stays on top of things. Um, I, Dick Harmon reached out to me yesterday to do a little article on it because I guess Zach said something at practice, and I said how much the way that Zach approaches things reminds me of Matt Ryan three years ago when he came to us. Just the way that he stays on top of every aspect of the things that we give these quarterbacks. It doesn't come down to just mechanics. There's a lot more about building the body, about staying on top of your arm care recovery, all these things, tying your feet into things, using load and leverage. For, a, for an 18-year-old kid to be approaching things the way that he's doing it, that's what's the most impressive. And then you get to stack on athletic ability, arm talent, all that. You know, he has, a, he has a great future ahead of him if he continues to keep the same patterns that he's doing right now in his work ethic and behaviors. We're not sure if BYU is going to publicly announce and reveal a starter by September 1st when they take on Arizona, something that you know a little something about to opening a season in Tucson. We'll get to more of that in just a bit, John. But is not revealing a starter a competitive advantage with that strategy? If so, how? I think it can be a competitive advantage if the two players are significantly different. I think if you have two players that will, will execute the offense roughly the same way and the offense is going to be ran the same way regardless of who's the quarterback, I, I don't think it's that much of a competitive advantage. I think where it can be an advantage if one guy is far more mobile than the other, if one guy has shown um, more of a risk-taking play, one guy has shown more of a safe and secure way of play, style of play. If the style of play is close, no. 
But like, like I said, if you have one guy that's going to get out and move around a lot, that they're going to use him and maybe some, you know, some run options, some read options, or he's just going to be more of a scrambler, then there's definitely, when the threat of the legs comes into it, then there can definitely be an advantage. All these guys have to learn a new offense because Jeff Grimes is new at BYU. How quickly should we expect this offense to click and kind of reveal what they are? Oh, that's hard to say. I've seen, I've seen coaches start a season, and the game plan that they go into with the first game, their first game ever being a coach is great, and it works. And everything that they have dialed up hits right on the head. And they go out there and they put up 30, 40 points, and it looks like, gosh, that just worked. And I've seen other times and where you go out there and it, it, and it doesn't click. And it doesn't mean you're not an efficient offense. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be capable. It just means in that moment right there, things didn't work. So, you know, it's hard to say. Um, I would imagine that Jeff's going to try to establish a run game, him being, uh, you know, background in the offensive line. He knows how important that is to establish. And anytime you establish a run game, you may have some, some plays, some guys, some keepers, some shots that you could run off the play action game. So it's hard to say, you know, if it's going to work right off the bat or if not, if it's going to take some time. I've been a part of both. I've walked into a game where you think it should be really good and you're expecting to put up 20, 30 points and you put up three and then uh, to start a season. And then you go out another time and, you're, you know, wondering what the game plan is going to be like. I've been in games to start an NFL season with the new coordinator, and all of a sudden, boom, you just go gangbuster. And the shot plays work, the run game works, and it's easy. And then you follow it up two weeks later with a goose egg or something like that. And it's so hard to say. It just depends on really experience. I think one of the best things a coach can have is experienced players because then you get to install an offense, and then they have all this wealth of of game time experience, of making plays, of confidence about them, all these things that bringing your offense to it did nothing. You get to use that for your offense. John Beck with the Sun, BYU Sports Nation, 2006 Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, led BYU to an 11-2 record in his senior season. John, if you were the coach and you had the call to name a quarterback at BYU given the circumstances and scenario this year, when would you do it? Um, I would say what, what you want to see, if I was the head coach, you always hear that phrase, I want to see a guy stand out. I want to see a guy take it by the reins, make it his thing. I think all those guys are trying to do that. I think what you need to do is you need to start seeing somebody pull away a little bit and then them be consistent. Um, like I said earlier, I've, I've been a part of QB battles, and you'll have a guy that for a couple of days is hot uh, and then all of a sudden cools off. And the back and forth looks like it's gone because somebody's had three or four consistent days ahead of it. And then all of a sudden, boom, they just cool off. And some of it can be because of plays. Some of it can be because the defense starts scheming. The more you get into camp, there's less of these vanilla offenses because, you know, the first three, four days of camp, everything's very vanilla. So you're going to have a high completion percentage. Seven on seven is going to be about 80, 90% completion. You know, there's no real contact. Players are playing a little different. They're, staying within the, everything the coach is telling them to do. And then all of a sudden when you start putting in some more of your pressures, your schemes, then the offense and defense goes back and forth. You want to see a quarterback that when that starts happening, when the back-and-forth chess game starts happening between offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator practice, veteran players, then it starts becoming more like a real game. Then those guys consistently for a few days start showing themselves as day in, day out, they're the guy. That's when you say, all right, there's my guy. Now it's time to go forward with that guy. And then you have to not look back. 
One thing that I've seen coaches do, and I think it's one of the downfalls to quarterback development, is they pick a guy, they say they pick a guy, and then all of a sudden, boom, they just make a change. No, no, you have to, when you pick a guy, you have to say, this is who I'm going with, thick or thin, there may be a bad day here or there, it's not going to hinder the way I feel about this guy. I trust in this guy, I'm sticking with him. You see it all through the course of quarterback development. When they stick with guys and they allow that guy to play through the bumps, that guy can then all of a sudden catapult himself to another level. You have to be so confident in your decision that you're not willing to pull the plug too early on him. What do you think of the decision to make Bo Hodge a running back and perhaps even a receiver in this offense? You know what? I uh, I heard that that had happened, and I don't know Bo well enough. I mean, I've seen him play. You know, the game that he played at quarterback, I was I was really impressed with. I believe he was a starter at Wisconsin, and I was really impressed with some of the athletic plays that he made. So, just off my limited time seeing him as a runner and as a playmaker, I can see why with that athletic ability, you you want to find a way to get him on the field. But to, to be honest, I haven't seen enough in practice or any other stuff to make a a statement about what he's like as a running back. I did see him as a quarterback, and I shot, and I saw a lot of athleticism, but I don't know how that would translate to quarterback. Uh, hopefully, if he's going to be more than one or two, they're running back. I hope it works out great for the guys. One thing that I will say, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a quarterback, but to have a guy who's a quarterback now go to running back and be involved in protections in the pass game and be involved in knowing where to go in space, I'm not saying all quarterbacks know this, but the majority of guys I've been around, you have to know so much as a quarterback. To have him standing next to the quarterback, being involved in pass protections, that can be a huge benefit. John Beck with us on BYU Sports Nation. We'll finish with this, John. What's opening the season at Arizona like uh, for a BYU football team? Because you did it in 2006. Yeah, I mean, I can remember, you know, I didn't grow up a U of A you know, person at all. That was the team that because my family was season ticket holders for Arizona State, we couldn't stand them. So to go down there, uh, it was my first time in a big game stadium like that ever, fan or player. But I was, I mean, it, it was a big electric environment. I really thought we were going to win that game, even at the end when we were going in on some drives. Um, the Arizona fan base, I mean, they were rocking. So I'm sure it's going to be an intense environment, especially because it's the start of the season. Um, you know, it's a, I think it's an ESPN game at night, right? Something like that. Yes. So I'm sure their fans are going to be all hyped up. I just saw that Sports Illustrated cover had the, the kid from U of A saying he could possibly be the most electric quarterback in the country, the best quarterback in the country. So I'm sure it's going to be a big-time stage. Um, you know, I can remember that game at the end of it. There was like just, you know, a couple minutes left. We're going in on a drive, and I'm, I'm fully thinking, like, we got this. Like, we're going to win this game. Looking back, having lost it, I can remember there being some critical plays in the beginning of the game. We started off the game with a fumble on a pass play, and then we had a field goal that was botched, and then we also had a penalty in the end zone. And you know, it just kind of makes me think like these these exciting, big, electric games in the beginning of the season. You have so much going on. You're preparing for in camp. Sometimes it's those little details that you might not spend enough time on in camp that can cause a play, an impact on a play that can impact the game. So I look at it as can BYU walk into that stadium and can they still execute the little details in a brand-new offense, in a brand-new scheme with a lot of you know, new players stepping in at roles. Don't just go out there and think that excitement or passion or intensity is going to win the game. You have to bring that with you. 
but it's also what team can start the season and still be good at the really small details. Penalties can kill you in the first game of the season. Be smart about those because those hidden yardage plays, all those things, they can stack up. And if you can be on the winning side of that, there's a good chance you're on the winning side when the clock runs down. John, always a pleasure. We appreciate the insight into uh, the season opener at Arizona and the intriguing developing quarterback battle at BYU. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, sounds good. We'll see you guys. John Beck on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Both you and I, I believe, were in the stands for that game, right? It was a long drive yeah, home from Tucson. Long drive home. But BYU <laughs> then won 11 of the next uh, 12. Not awesome. as long. Yeah. yeah. Coming up, meet the host of a new BYU Sports Nation social media segment. And Jerem Jordan gives us his next 10 and 10, this time with 20 names. How does that work? You have to explain yourself after this. Oh, you'll see. This is BYU Sports Nation. Listen to Behind the Mic with Gregor Bell Wednesdays at 8 Eastern tonight on BYU Radio for long-form interviews with compelling Cougar sports guests. Tonight's Behind the Mic features Harvey Unga and Curtis Brown, who were the all-time leading rushers until Jamal Williams. They went Curtis, then went Harvey, then went Jamal. Yeah, number two and three on the list right now. Don't miss it. Let's keep it rolling. BYU Sports Nation, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision. Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand online at BYUSN.com, anytime, anywhere. And if you were wondering, yes, now is the time for today's headlines. Fall camp continues for BYU football. Practice six of Camp Kalani. Full pads are on. Aaron Roderick told 1280 The Zone, local Salt Lake City radio station, it's possible BYU will not announce its starting quarterback until we see the guy on Series 1 at Arizona. Is that an advantage? We'll let you decide. He also said Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson took the majority of first-team reps yesterday. What was three, perhaps is two now. The 49ers' unofficial depth chart lists Fred Warner as the third-string middle linebacker for the first preseason game against the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow. Warner is nursing a chest injury from late last week. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, former BYU safety Daniel Sorensen will undergo knee surgery and will miss significant time. What is with former BYU players and the Kansas City Chiefs? Come on. Adam Schefter also said Sorensen was having a strong camp but will now miss the remainder of the preseason and then some. We are wishing a speedy recovery to Daniel. And Tijon. Yeah. And the women's basketball West Coast Conference schedule is out. The Cougars begin West Coast Conference play December 29th at Santa Clara. BYU hosts Gonzaga January 17th, and the Cougars finish the regular season with three straight home games. Yeah, it's always Gonzaga as the big one. Circle that date yes. when Gonzaga comes mm-hmm. to Provo. Jerem. Uh, I'm not sure how 10 and 10 evolved into 20 somehow, but there's too many good names. That's the case today. Let's go with Jerem's latest. In 10 weeks, it's Jerem 10 and 10. Okay, it's the top 20 today because 10 is not enough. Names of the opponents BYU plays, okay? okay? Are you ready for this? Okay. Number 20, COC Mariner, Utah, wide receiver. I love the Mariners. Uh, uh, he plays for Utah. So? Just because he... Has Mariner it's in the last his name. name. It's names today. Oh, fine. Number 19, Kamari Pleasant, Washington, running back. Great guy to be around. <laughs> <It's> fantastic. <laughs> number, Pleasantville. Number 18, JoJo McIntosh, Washington, safety. He's never owned a PC. Oh, I know stop this. Stop it. Number 17, London Bartholomew, Utah O line. His tackling is precise, very formal. Very formal in his technique. That's a favorable ranking for London. 
Number 16, Biagio Ali Walsh, Cal <laughs> running back. Uh, Walsh should be playing at Stanford, though, right? Yeah, isn't that BGO and didn't he play for the Astros? Yeah, wait a minute. Craig, is that you? Number 15, Stanley Barry Hale III, Arizona wide receiver. I believe it's Sir Stanley Barry Hale III. Uh, two formal names in yeah. the uh, opening uh, part oh, of this. Oh, just wait. Okay. Number 14, BJ Blunt, McNeese State linebacker. He gets right to the point. <laughs> Straight up. Number 13, Max. One forced trauma. <laughs> yes. Linebacker. Perfect, right? Number 13, Maximilian Thrower. Stop it. That's not real. Northern Illinois tight end. Former track and field star. He wasn't? Oh, my bad. His name is Maximilian Thrower. Thrower. Like, this is Key and Peel East West All Stars, right? Okay. Number 12, Benton Wickersham, <laughs> Boise State linebacker. He's friends with Stanley Barry Hill III. They and, have a book club. And London Bartholomew. And, yeah, they have book club and tea together often. Yeah. Over Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Number 11, Evan Rambo. That's Cal, a, safety. That's a football this guy name. will light you up. Evan Rambo. Does he talk like Rambo? No, I don't think he does. Number 10, Deontay Fortenberry, Utah State cornerback. More like. Fortnite and Barry. Oh, can uh-huh. I get a Fortnite? Yeah, exactly. You and I, you know, we don't know. Number nine, Quintez Cephas, Wisconsin, wide receiver. I believe that's Latin for red zone target. Oh, unfortunately for BYU's defense last year. Yeah, he's good. He's a baller. Number eight, can you see why there needed to be 20 now? This is too fast. Okay. Number eight, Danny Vandenboom, Wisconsin quarterback. <laughs> he's got the Dutch thing going with boom at the end. Here comes it. the boom. Here comes, here comes the Vandenboom. Yes, I can see the poster now. Yeah. Number seven, Malik Psalms, Cal, cornerback. He likes poetry and long walks on the beach. Songs of Psalm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number six, Chico McClatcher, Washington, wide receiver. Real life, Kean P, East West, all star kind of guy? Yes. Yes, Chico and uh, Deontay Fortenberry. Fantastic, right? Would make the East-West Shrine I love game. it. Number five, Mike King Johnson, Arizona, defensive end. He's not your king. He's my king. His name is My King. Is there yeah. a dash in there? There is a dash. My Dash King. Wow. Right. Number four, Javelin K. Gidry, <laughs> Utah cornerback. He'll pierce any problem he encounters. Who is the other guy that throws? Maximilian? Maximilian Thrower, Northern and Illinois. Maximilian and Javelin go hand in hand. Tiancum, they love, uh, they love it. Number three, Ron Quavion Tarver, Utah State wide receiver. That is a real name of a real person, and he's done some damage against BYU. He's a good player. Yeah, Utah State. Number two, Rogesterman Ferris Jr., <laughs> Hawaii cornerback, joins Ron Quavion Tarver as a real life KNP Peel East West All Star. Fantastic, right? These are real names. I want to know how the two parents settle on. Rogesterman. Yeah. Like, I love ex- a conversation there. Like, explain to me into the that story. Decision. So it's like, okay, yeah. now I see. Yeah. Now I see. Yeah. And the number one name BYU will face this year on the 2018 schedule is Isaiah with two H's, Loudermilk from Wisconsin. Too perfect. Defensive end. Wisconsin, really? It is perfect. And those are the top <laughs> 20 names in the 10 and 10 of BYU football opponents this season. You're welcome. Yeah, number You're one welcome. is number one is extra cheap. Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah Louder Milk. Well done. My favorite well though done. is Rogesterman Ferris. Yeah, Rogesterman. Like, fantastic. I want to talk to his parents and just be like, okay. Whoa. What I really wanted to do before this segment earlier in the summer, we got to do it next year, is we play real or fake name. So Ben or somebody comes on and asks. They say, okay, here's a name. Is this a real or fake name of a BYU opponent? Yes. <laughs> yes. Mark, next that, year. That would have been year. really hard. Okay. Pocket that. Mark it down. Next year. As a good idea. Also, yeah. uh, who's the Dan Smith of BYU in the East-West Shrine game? We have Who, to determine that. We have to determine the most generic name. 
on the BYU football roster in 2018. Okay, the whitest name based on the <laughs> video, right? Coming up, we hear more from you in the Voice of the Nation. Plus, BYU Sports Nation right now. The host, Kiki Solano, will join us next. What is right now all about? Apparently she has the answer. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And the show's on demand. Watch it on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. Listen on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. He'll take his solo act to New York later uh, this year. It's Studio C on August 24th. If you miss the show live, download the podcast. Watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYUSN whenever and wherever you want. Our question of the day, does not revealing a starting quarterback until September 1st, if BYU decides to do that, give Cougar football an advantage? Why or why not? At Eastutz10 on Twitter. No, being bigger, stronger, faster, more skilled, and more disciplined at every position gives BYU an advantage on September 1st. I don't want to overstate this. That's the greatest response we've ever had. (laughs) You're not high on superlatives. (laughs) <laughs> I've never used a superlative. That was an amazing response. If that's not the elite voice of the day, I'm going to be ticked. <laughs> All right. Mark Great. East, that's 10 down for uh, an elite voice of the day nominee. Yeah, fantastic. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. What uh, What is Maximilia's Maximilian Ma- Maximilian thrower, thrower, thrower think of think, that? Think about Northern that. Illinois. I, I don't know. Jesterman Ferris Jr. Uh, We're happy to announce that as of yesterday, a brand new short version of BYUSN is available just for social media users. And here to talk about BYUSN right now is the host, Kiki Solano. We've got Lauren McLean, and now we've got Kiki Solano. We're all over the place. Much better looking people than us, which is great for Uh, you guys, right? You weren't supposed to say that, but... I wasn't? I think people already know that. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Kiki, welcome to the desk. Thanks, guys. Feeling feeling good here. This is nice. Yes. Yeah. Nice desk. You're getting a new one, but I like this. This is cool. Yeah, that's she's breaking uh, BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> news. News. She's everybody. telling everybody what's going on. Yeah. So, so this launched the other day. What is BYU Sports Nation right now? What is this? So it's all this, but in a shorter form of it. So it's basically me talking all things BYU sports in a fun and honestly a really exciting way um we've got a really great team they're really talented really great workers working on it and we just have a blast when we're making them you get to make fun of people so i think that's why you really like doing this well that's why everyone likes watching it (laughs) (laughs) so how long are these where can people find these so they're five minutes long three times a week as of right now and you can find it on social media baby we're on facebook igtv youtube we're just gonna branch out as we go Okay, and uh, you said three days a week. Like, is this available right now? Like, can we can we expect this yeah. moving forward immediately? BYUSN, right now, it's going on right now. Hey, go yeah. figure. We yeah. dropped it yesterday. That go was figure. First episode. So, okay. exciting. How is how is uh, how is it social media friendly? Like, how is it different than the show? So we pull things from the show, and we pull things from between, between the lines as well. But we use a lot of social media stuff. Lots of things people are tweeting, posting on Instagram. Things that everyone's talking about, that's what we're pulling from and staying connected to. Okay, the host of BYUSN right now, Kiki Solano, is with us. Uh, Apparently, you've brought a clip from it. Um, Would you like to set this up for Um, us? Yeah. You guys need to get a little taste of this. Okay. Jerem's going to particularly like this. Okay. Yeah. Get ready, guys. This is a clip from BYUSN right now. 
And my third takeaway is that mustaches are in? Question mark? Well, at least they're in for the offensive coaches. Yeah, they showed up to fall camp sporting the stash. It was really unexpected. It could have been inspired by Kalani Sitake. If you don't remember, he used to have a stash back in the day. I've sported the mustache before. It didn't help me much back then. Maybe Kalani's going to jump back on the stash gang now that they're doing it. I'm ugly already, and I, the last thing I need to do is add to the ugliness. And so <laughs> those guys are a lot better looking than I am. Okay, I'm going to take that as a hard no. But what about Joe Critchlow? I really did want to jump in on that, but I honestly don't think I can. So, I mean, I'm, that's probably one that I'll have to take a step back and uh, let the offensive coaches. It looks like Joe won't be joining in on the stash. Can I do my mustache pun now? No! Fine. Well, I guess we'll leave this to the offensive coaches and maybe even Jerem Jordan. Hey, I'm Jerem Jordan. Hi. Uh, you know you weren't going to get it. When she, when yeah, she started yeah, talking about yeah, mustaches, yeah. you All knew you were in on it. It got real. When I, when I saw the offensive staff had stashes, I was like, why did I shave mine? I thought you didn't let me know. Yeah. Bessie Sataki is like, dude. And even Klein were like, why'd you shave it? Why'd you, you shave it? I was you like, started I the trend. Know. You started it, maybe. I definitely did not, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. The Mustachio Brothers. Also, Kalani said that uh, when he had his mustache, his wife, at the time they were just dating, said, you look like a 40-year-old man. Please shave it. I think I'm dating a 40. Well, you didn't yeah. keep it. Well, this is exciting. We're excited to check this out three times a week. So is it yes. Monday, Wednesday, Friday? So we're shooting Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It'll be out Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Okay. We'll okay. kind of see. Cool. We're going to be exper- experimenting. Words are hard, guys. Cool. We're yeah. going to be experimenting yes. with that. Yes. So. Keep your head on a swivel. Kiki Solano, thanks for being here. Awesome. Yeah, happy. happy. Thanks. You guys. I'm excited to watch this. Coming up, where is Fred Warner on the depth chart in San Francisco? Uh, where do you think he is, Jerem? Well, I already know, but I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) And the elite voice of the day did at Eastutz 10 earn his way to the top. That's what Jerem's vote is. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, John Beck and Kiki Solano. Why is this guy? Dennis Pitta was not the guy he found. It was Johnny Harling. Yeah, exactly. Also, Dennis, we ran out of time. If you missed any part of it, we'd make time for Andrew George, though. Let's be honest. If you missed any part of this show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Fall camp practice six is today. Day two with full pads. Photo day as well. Quarterback coach Aaron Roderick told Salt Lake City Radio Station 1280 The Zone yesterday. Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson took the majority of first team reps in practice yesterday. Cougars in the NFL. The San Francisco 49ers unofficial depth chart lists Fred Warner as the third string middle linebacker for the first preseason game against the Dallas Cowboys. That game happens tomorrow. I don't know what that really means because he, he's, he's nursing right a now. chest injury, yeah. so I wouldn't read into it too much. And ESPN's Adam Schefter tweeted Kansas City Chief Safety Daniel Sorensen will undergo knee surgery and will miss significant time. Schefter said Sorensen was having a strong camp but will now miss the remainder of the preseason and then some. An article on NewOrleansSaints.com has Taysom Hill officially listed as the placeholder for field goal kicks this upcoming season. A.K.A. the holder. Hmm. Could there be a fake or two? Basketball. Women's West Coast Conference schedule is out. The Cougars begin West Coast Conference play December 29th at Santa Clara. BYU hosts Gonzaga January 17th. The Cougars finish the regular season with three straight home games. Cougars in the PGA. Granted, I don't think what I'm about to talk about deserves the quiet voice because it was oh. the PGA Tour long drive competition. Honorary Cougar Tony Fina finished in third place at 324 yards. 
Today's rise and shout now goes to who, Jerem? Goes to the NCAA. This came out during the show. NCAA basketball will now allow elite high school and college prospects to be represented by an agent. The NCAA will also permit players to return to school if unselected in the NBA draft. Hallelujah. This is a great thing. So if, Thank you for doing the right thing. So, for example, this year, if it were next year, um, your boy Yoli Childs could have submitted his name. If he wasn't drafted, he comes back. It throws a wrench into the scholarship situation, but we'll break this down more on the show tomorrow. I think this is a great thing. Sure. And I think coaches will still have a good idea if they have a draftable guy or not. Yeah, it makes it a little yes, bit more. Yes, it's just a little tricky a because little it's June. Correct. You don't have. There's not a good pool of replacement players, right? Question of the day: Does not revealing a starting quarterback until September 1st give BYU football an advantage at Arizona? Why or why not? At Laser Sheep tweets in: The team would benefit from knowing, but I do feel that there is an advantage over an opponent who doesn't know. Ultimately, Kalani is BYU football's daddy, and nobody knows like Daddy knows. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I never thought Saturday's Warrior would be <laughs> Oh, wow. I don't even know how to recover from I that. I thought we got rid of that. Man. From the archives. Man. At 22K guy IT is an advantage. If it helps for even one play, then it's an advantage. And to get a win against a P5 to build confidence for this team, I'll take any advantage we can get. I think the team's going to know. I just don't think the public will know. We'll know. <laughs> the elite voice of the day Jeremy. do you want to read it? At Eastuts10 on Twitter No, being bigger, stronger, faster, more skilled, more disciplined At every position gives BYU an advantage on September 1st Yes! Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook Use the hashtag BYUSN Show on demand BYUSN.com Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play TuneIn app, Stitcher, wherever For Jeremy, I'm Spencer Shout out to number 24, Tony Crutchfield for 24 days away. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow noon.